Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in, Hokies fans, to this edition of the Tech Sideline Podcast. We record on Tuesday, October 25th, as we get you ready for Thursday night football in Raleigh. Virginia Tech set to take on the 24th-ranked Wolfpack in just two short days. On today's episode, we'll talk keys to the game, key players, and discuss what the Hokies need to do to get back in the win column. All that and more coming up on episode 266 of the Tech Sideline Podcast, which starts right now. We welcome you in whether you are listening or watching on YouTube. If you are on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe while you're there and also turn on the notification bell so you don't miss any future podcast. This edition of the Tech Sideline podcast is sponsored by First Bank and Trust Company, who you choose to bank with can make all the difference in your overall experience. First Bank and Trust Company is the bank that puts you first. Visit www.firstbank.com to learn more. Let's go ahead and introduce the crew for today. On set, we have Will Stewart, founder and general manager of TechSideline.com. Across the way, to my right, lead analyst and columnist, Chris Coleman. In the fourth chair for the last time is Jake Lyman. He'll be back in the host chair on Monday, but hard to believe that his last podcast is right around the corner. Behind the scenes producing is Jack Brizendine as well with Nick Brown. And I'm your host for today, Katie Adams. Before we get into the slate, talking about NC State, I know you had some stuff that you wanted to talk about, Will. So first of all, Jake, you're hosting on Monday? Yeah, I will still be in town if you would like me to host on Monday. Yeah. And I will be in Florida, so that's well, that's going right. to need to happen. Then we, then we call an audible. <laughs> oh, and the second thing is I keep forgetting to tell you, say that, that Tech Sideline is presented by First Bank and Trust Company, not sponsored. All right, we'll, so sw- type we'll that switch in right that now in the ad right now. <laughs> Um, but the thing I really want to talk about is uh, we have started a new show called TSL Today. It's a completely student-run show because they wanted to do it, and I said, I don't have the time. You guys do it. You know, just all kidding aside. Um, we're currently doing it three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, at this point, it's only been a video production here in the studio. So the format of TSL Today is that it's three segments. First segment is the news of the day. Second segment is a guest, and the third segment varies. They've been doing trivia and things like that. Third segment is typically fun stuff. So this show, in its entirety, first of all, it doesn't go live like this does. It's pre-recorded, And in its entirety, it goes typically about 30 minutes, with each, each segment being 10 minutes long. So, so far, what we are doing is putting that on YouTube as three separate videos, because that makes it shorter, easier to digest, you know, one of the issues we have on YouTube is that everything we put on YouTube is an hour long. So we're going with some shorter content, and this is a way to do it. And in particular, getting out news that people may not have heard or read because they just haven't had the time, you know, they can check it out. So 
so far it's been like three 10 minute video segments. We are going to soon start taking the entire half hour and putting that on our audio feed on all the various platforms. So if you are a person who, first of all, if you're a person who watches the Tech Sideline podcast video, then that's what all that other stuff that's appearing on our, our YouTube feed is. But if you listen to the Tech Sideline podcast, you're going to notice some other stuff showing up there soon. Again, it'll be called TSL Today. It'll be shorter. Um, don't get that confused with the regular TSL podcast. We'll still number our long form podcast. So that's, and we'll call it the Tech Sideline Podcast. And then this other show will be called uh, um, TSL Today. And again, you'll see it'll be about half an hour on your audio feed. And kind of how we envision that is that's a drive time thing. You listen to it on your on your way home. So depending uh, on how long your commute is, if you live in Northern Virginia, you could probably fit in an entire TSL podcast. You're listening to the whole podcast already, <laughs> right? Um, for me, my drive home is like 17 minutes. So at the very least, I'd get the I'd get the news of the day. So look for that. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. We're trying to do more and more. And so Giovanni Heater, um, first of all, Jake helped out with the planning of this. And we, we were getting ready to launch this project with Jake. And then he's like, hey, I got a job. <laughs> Sorry. So he has handed it off to Gio and Gio is doing the hosting and he's doing a fantastic job. And I bring up Gio because we've had him on here a couple of times. But uh, after Jake sashays on down to Nashville, and once we get out of football season, I think you'll be seeing Gio more as host of the podcast. Yep. So uh, sorry to go on and on, but uh, something to look for and appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Very exciting. I've watched the first two episodes of TSL today and they've been great. So highly recommend everyone checking those out. Well, looking at the schedule at the beginning of the year, this is the game that I was probably the most excited about outside of West Virginia, just because of a lot of factors. You know, Thursday night football and Raleigh on the road. Carter Finley is a great atmosphere historically. NC State had a preseason top 15 team. They had ACC preseason player of the year in Devin Leary. So many things kind of coming together. And you look at it now, it's still going to be great. But when you take a look, when you take a step back and look at NC State's season, it's kind of been overshadowed by the fact that they haven't necessarily lived up to that preseason hype. They haven't. And even with when Devin Leary was healthy, their offense still wasn't quite where it was Wasn't quite right yeah so uh somebody put the stats on our board this morning and uh basically they averaged 6.1 yards per play last year and that was down to five yards per play this year as a comparison virginia tech in 2020 last season 2021 an offense that most of our fans hated we averaged 5.5 yards per play yeah so for whatever reason their offense was not living up to the hype uh th this year and so what is tech averaging this year i don't even want to know <laughs> <laughs> don't want to know sorry to interrupt. Uh, but but anyway uh now they don't have devin leary anymore so they've gotten worse and you know we put up nine points against syracuse uh you know quarterback is basically a, a transfer from an fcs school and is is an fcs level player quite yeah. frankly in my opinion so that they are gonna this is they're, they're sort of like an old school virginia tech team now their defense is very, very strong um, for to win games. They've got to not turn it over. Yeah, not not Bud level, Bud Foster's best level strong, but right. really good. But, defense. but very good. Yeah, you know we we were used to Bud. Like there was a time in the mid two thousands, there were Bud Bud's defenses in terms of the crude metric of total defense mm -hmm. were number four, number one, number one, and number four. I think that was <laughs> oh four four through oh seven. Yeah, you know when Hall and Adibi were playing linebacker. Mm -hmm. So uh, I actually, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, 
I, I was I was thinking to myself, how do I think about this game? And in my prediction part, I got to thinking about when Tech went up to Boston College in 1998 and they had Nick Sorensen at quarterback. And Tech went up there and won 17 to nothing because their defense was so good. They had six turnovers and won 17 nothing. Virginia Tech turned the ball over six times and won 17 to nothing. Fumbled it seven and times. They, and they, they, they even gave up like 160 yards rushing to like that Mike Cloud guy. Oh, that's they're right. running yeah, back. So yeah. they, they got torched on the ground and turned it over 16 times and still somehow won 17 to nothing. Now, this is part of the show where Katie says, Yeah, I wasn't born yet. Right. <laughs> I was not born. Uh, well, all season it's kind of been like a waiting game of when NC State was going to break through and play up to their potential now of course we'll talk about the quarterback situation later but it even it gets even more dicey there even week one you know they they won a one-point game at east carolina which they pretty much handed to them on a platter their kicker missed an extra point and a field goal at the end and they were gonna ECU's win that game. kicker did yeah. Yes. yeah yeah so they were you know so close to losing week one also you think about their game at clemson which wasn't bad i mean to lose by 10 points in death valley is not something to hang your hat on i thought they played very well for about three quarters but in the end you know their offense just couldn't get anything accomplished i thought their defense played fine but their offense just could not get anything now was this while leary was still playing for him it was still yeah in fact they took the lead early in the third quarter i think they drove for the first drive of the second half and took the lead yeah but it was all Clemson after that. But but NC State's defense held up well as as they have all year. And they, you know when they lost uh, to Syracuse, I guess uh, nine ten days ago now, their defense held up fine. They just couldn't score. Now NC State is ranked twenty fourth, and whether they deserve to be ranked is a different situation. But Scott Glassner pointed out last week that this is likely the only ranked matchup for Tech all season. The last time Tech only played one ranked team was nineteen eighty six. But you look Oof. at the rest of the schedule, there's a possibility that maybe Liberty is ranked going into that game, which yes, would be something. thank you for the reminder. Uh, so 1986. That was my senior year. Well, that was the bowl game. Do you remember, I guess, what was, ranked team we played? Uh, well, they played NC State in a bowl game. Um, is that included, or are we talking regular season? I don't know. That's just that, That's what he said in the chat. I'm going to guess Clemson. Uh, if, Jake, Clemson? you want to look up and confirm that, if yeah. possible, we'll it, get to it you. It might have been a Temple was good that remember, year. Remember, Tech lost to Temple, but then Temple had to forfeit had to the forfeit game. It back. Bruce Paul, Arians was their head coach. Yes. Or had an ineligible player. Paul Palmer, who right. was very good, right. was ineligible. Right. Yeah. It, it's possible. I think they played. I, I don't I, think they played West Virginia. I think Jake has the answer. It was number 18 NC State in a bowl game. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, it's, so, all right. So, the last time Virginia Tech only played one ranked team in a season, but it was NC State, and Tech ended up winning 10 games that year. <laughs> this year they're playing one ranked team in the whole season and we're not going to win 10 games we have demolished year. our chances of winning 10 games at this point i think that's safe to say yep. i will say i went to that bowl game and that that game that was an outstanding football game but we're not here to reminisce we're here to preview right with four acc schools in north carolina we obviously see unc and duke every year but we don't see a lot of nc state or wake forest haven't played at nc state since 2010 a big win that night do you all remember it I do i do i do i remember where i I watched it. Uh, I remember my feelings throughout the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a three thirty kick, I believe, and Tech uh, dropped down seventeen nothing quickly, quickly. And uh, you're like, oh my god, and looked like crap me? doing it. Yeah, it looked terrible doing it. And then they went, ended up winning the game easily. Yeah, Russell Wilson threw three picks that game. Uh, I remember Darren Evans had a long touchdown run. Yep. Uh, I want to say we hit Boykin maybe on a deep pass, maybe close to halftime. Um, Maybe I think right Tech opened halftime. the second half with a uh, kickoff return for a touchdown by David Wilson. I believe that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just remember 
sheer panic at the way it was going in the first half. And then I remember a buddy of mine calling me up and just during halftime and just railing on the team. And then they came back and won in the second half. And Tyrod Taylor versus Russell Wilson. Very cool. Two quarterbacks that are still Still playing in in the the NFL, NFL, which is wild. I guess I think that was Russell Wilson's last year at NC State. So then soon after he He set him out, went went on to to Wisconsin, Wisconsin and then... He's had a pretty good career since then. That, that was an odd, odd decision. No, he wanted to, to play Wisconsin. baseball. Did he? Too. Because okay. remember, he's played minor league baseball. Yeah. He's been in the Yankees farm system, right? Yeah. Do you remember that Michael Vick got drafted? Uh, Colorado Rockies yeah. drafted him? 30, 30th round. That was back when the major league draft was 50 rounds, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So not a lot of history with NC State, especially in Carter-Finley. I noticed that we do play NC State next year at home again. So that'll be exciting. As well as Wake Forest. We'll trade the two blue schools for Wake and <laughs> NC State. Yeah, I was I was writing in a recent article about, you know, uh, and we talked about this on the podcast when when the ACC scheduling model was announced, how like literally every rivalry you can think of is preserved except for Tech Miami. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, you know, that stinks and we know what we're losing, but we don't know yet what we're gaining. You're going to gain more games with NC State, whom I want to play more, more games with Clemson. Um more games with Wake, which are easy to go to. They're fun I, road trips. Yeah, I've, like, I've got my routine down now. Whenever I go yeah. to Wake Forest, I know exactly mm-hmm. what I do almost every time. So. There's, there's, you can park like, like right next to the stadium almost for free, right? I, I, I ended up parking at like this uh, golf bar. I forget how far away it is from the stadium, and pregame in there, and walk into the stadium. It's, it's a good time. I, I remember in 06, I think it was. I, I called up and got a hotel room like two blocks away, like a day or two before the well, game. Well, uh, were you with us? Yeah, you were tailgating with us. We, we all stayed at that hotel the night before the game and then tailgated in the hotel parking lot all right, day on right, Saturday because right. that was a night game. That yeah. was a fun time. Yeah. As someone who loves barbecue, I'll take any chance I get to go to a game in North yes. Carolina. <laughs> um, Camel City Barbecue in Winston-Salem is like the best ever. So I don't know when the next time we play at Wake is, but Camel that's like City? my spot. Yes. Okay. I went there before the COVID game. That's a weird name. Like, is the barbecue made out of camels or? No. Uh. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea, honestly. We Sorry you stopped the show with that hilarious. <laughs> no, I brought up a tangent. Um, but we can go ahead and get into this year's matchup, starting with the NC State off- offense. It looks a little different than we thought it would. Like we said, preseason ACC Player of the Year and NC State quarterback Devin Leary is out for the remainder of the season after a torn pectoral muscle against FSU. Had surgery last week, but really unfortunate for them given what their ceiling could have been this year. Yeah, I know. And I can't really – don't have a really any expectations explanations for their struggles earlier in their season because I don't know their personnel quite as well. Um, but e- even with the, even with their loss to Clemson, you know, you've got to think that with Leary, they're going to be in every game this year and, mm-hmm. and probably at worst go like nine and three or something like yeah. that and have a really good season where they finish in the top 25. But you look at that, you know, number 24 ranking next to their name and without Leary, and if you've watched their, their uh, quarterback play, uh, Jack Chambers, you know, he's 5'10", 190 pounds. Mm. Four years as a starter at Charleston Southern, but didn't complete a high percentage of his passes. Had a pretty high interception rate. So he seems like an FCS-level player to me. So, like, they're not going to be the 24th best team in the country with him at quarterback. So they're a team that looks like they're probably going to go around 7-5 and five to me. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at their remaining schedule, but I think that's the difference between – you know, having Devin Leary and not having Devin Leary. So it sucks for them, and I feel bad for them because I think Dave Doran's done a great job there. But uh, it is what it is, man. If you've got a really good quarterback and you lose him, it could affect a lot of things. 
I'm sitting here trying to pull their schedule up. My phone's not cooperating. Right. So well, I know unfortunately for them, they still have to play Wake Forest and that's UNC. Right. That's so right. So oh, yeah. those so, are two ranked matchups that correct. they probably won't be favored. See, that's what I wanted to look up. You can be ranked 23rd or 24th and not really be that good, but still win your games if your schedule's friendly. But it's that not, doesn't sound friendly. Not, yeah. I want to say they still play BC and maybe Louisville. So there's opportunities for wins, absolutely, uh, but. Uh, like I, if, if I'm if I'm an NC State fan, I'm sitting there thinking ah, Louisville. Louisville is actually playing decent ball right now, unlike early in the season. So can we beat them with our backup quarterback? And yeah. I'm of course throwing out games against North Carolina and Wake, which I don't think they can win without Devin mm-hmm. Leary. So to me, if I'm an NC State fan, I'm saying okay, we got to beat Virginia Tech, and we've got to beat uh, who was the other one? Well, Boston College. Boston yes. College, right? Beat those two teams, and then we're seven and five, and. Maybe you beat Louisville, maybe you don't. So I would set their over-under for wins right now at seven and a half just based a half, on right. losing their, their quarterback. And hopefully they'll get to go to a bowl game this year that doesn't get canceled three hours before. <sighs> like we talked about it in a couple podcasts ago. Their who, who are they supposed to play? UCLA. Right, Jeez. in San Diego. Which UCLA, I guess, their fan base isn't strong. I know there was a bunch of state fans that traveled to California for this game and then spent so much money. That's just awful. Yeah, well, at least they got to do it in San Diego. It's a great right. city. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. That, that yeah, if, if Tech was going to play a bowl game in San Diego, and the, the bowl game got canceled, I'd be like, oh well, like I'm in San Diego. Eighty percent of why I'm here is still happening. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that'd be very cool. Okay, yeah. So you mentioned it, Chris, in Leary's absence, they've looked at Jack Chambers to fill his role, a grad transfer from Charleston Southern, and he's been okay. He you know, was a de- decently mobile against Syracuse, but mainly what I saw from that game in Syracuse is that they don't trust him to throw the deep ball at all. Nah, nah. Um, I mean, five, like I said, 5'10", 190 pounds, completed, I believe, 57% of his passes at Charleston Southern. He was a four-year starter there. Uh, 40 touchdowns, 29 interceptions, not a very good rate. No. Uh, good runner, which always you know seems to give Virginia Tech trouble. But this year it hasn't been mobile quarterback. Tech really hasn't faced a mobile quarterback per se yet. But Tech's gotten lit up by some very good passing quarterbacks. So for this week, I will take that trade. I will take playing the mobile quarterback over the guy that, that struggles in the passing game, especially when you consider right now three quarters of Tech's too deep at cornerback. It's made up of two true freshmen and a redshirt freshman. So I'll take that matchup this week, and then maybe, maybe Dorian Strong can come back uh, for for the next week's game because I think Tech will have a good cornerback combination when when Strong comes back. But uh, Mm -hmm. for this week, yeah, give me the guy who can't pass. Uh, If he can run, that's fine. So what's what's the timing on everything of what, what I'm trying to figure out is NC State has had a bye week to build their game plan around Chambers. Yep. The previous game, were they able to do that? that or, they, or? They've come out and said that they feel like he was hurt in the Florida State game. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but first, the X-rays were negative, and, uh, but then it turns out that uh, so, uh, that he he did he was injured. So I think they had some time. Now they didn't have like an extra week, right? Of course, or an extra five days in this case. Uh, but the, so yeah, it, the extra time will help them. Um, but you know, we we do have a. There is a, a game to watch. You know, he did start against Syracuse. Nah. It's just, I, I don't think there's just, I don't think there's much talent there. I think they'll get the most out of him that they can, but I don't think there's much to get. Yeah, okay. They didn't announce publicly that Leary was out for the season until Saturday, right before mm-hmm. they played Syracuse. But I know that Dave Doran said in a press conference, I mean, he knew that, knew, that whole right. week that yeah. Devin was probably going to need surgery. And I think it's going to be interesting moving forward to see if he even stays at NC State after this year, whether he elects to try the NFL or whether he transfers somewhere else or stays at NC State. But I would we'll hate see. it if he transferred somewhere else. 
because, you know, he's spent his whole career there. And he's been developed there by, by their coaches. Um, so hopefully – I hope he elects to play his last season there. Well, you need you need more good players to stay in the conference. I know you're working on an article where you've, you've looked at Duke receiver – former Duke receiver Mike Bobo, Mike, uh, former pit receiver Jordan Addison, right? Yeah, uh, Jake Bobo. Mike Bobo's son. <laughs> All right, anyway. Yeah, so he, he was Duke's best player last year. Transfers to UCLA, and he ranks third amongst all transfer wide receivers this yeah. year. So Duke lost their best player from a bad team and actually have still managed to get yeah. a lot better. So and, and Addison is having a good year at USC. Right, right, well, right exactly. And, and if, if Bobo had stayed at Duke – they're, they got the three games they lost were very, very close games. Like they're at least one game better if he had stayed at Duke, but instead he's playing at UCLA. So I mentioned the possibility of Devin Leary transferring because, you know, Chambers has been the guy so far. They're showing respect to him, playing him. He's been the two, he's been in the two deep for this entire year. So it makes sense that he would be the starter, but I want to throw out another, another name and their I guess now their second string is MJ Morris. He's a true freshman from working and recruiting. I remember him very well. He was a guy who was super talented coming out of high school, had 30-plus offers, mm-hmm. Alabama, Clemson, Penn State, Michigan, you name it. Um, and he's played a little bit. I think he's played in two games so far. I would expect that they probably do burn his redshirt at this point, given that NC State has you a know, decent amount of games left. Yeah. And he's more of a threat in the passing game. So, honestly, I just want to throw that out there because – I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of MJ Morris on Thursday night. You're you're not wrong. I mean, if you look, if you consider Chambers as a guy who's got a limited ceiling, I mean, this is his last year anyway. He was an FCS player for four years until transferring this year, and you've got a guy with who had major offers behind him. um, Then you know you could potentially uh, decide to go that route, Uh, especially if you're worried you might lose Devin Leary after this year, and maybe you you know you could get the backup ready. but but then again, like uh, if Devin Leary does come back and you blow the freshman's red shirt this year, mm-hmm. then he kind of ends up wasting a year of eligibility at your school because he'd be he would have wasted a red shirt this year and then he sits again next year. So then he doesn't start until he's a junior. Yeah, I, I don't know how many games Morris has played in. He's um, played in two. Two. So he's got two. So he more. played last week. Actually, he came in. One, I think in their fir- their first possession, actually, and he, like, overthrew somebody. And then he also played against Charleston Southern earlier in the year. If, if, if I were, were the NC State coaches, I'd be tempted to try him out against Virginia Tech, a team yeah. that is struggling. Yeah. Especially, you know, coming off the extra week. Yep. You know, the extra time to prepare. Yeah, we're sitting you, you go out there and you think, listen, if, if we're going to try him – We've got some room to maneuver in this game because we've got a really good defense and the Virginia Tech offense hasn't been able right. to score on anybody. So even if you go into halftime and it's like six to three or whatever, and it's not working, you can you can make that change. You can you can do you can go back to the starter in the second half if you really wanted to because no, it's no, not it's not like Virginia Tech is going to go out there and blow you off the field and and where you can't make up for your mistake. Like you've got some room to maneuver against Virginia Tech. Now, that said, you know how coaches think. 90% of coaches will tell you games are not won, they are lost. And, you know, coaches, I think coaches are always guilty of looking at the downside of something. They're like, well, if we do put him out there and he throws a pick six on the first possession, it's game on. And if we come in here and we lose to Virginia Tech, we're going (laughs) to catch a lot of hell for that. Yeah. Yeah. But all that said, they might be building their game plan around more starting. We're sitting here talking about Chambers, and we may be way off base. Yeah, so I hope Virginia Tech is also game planning for possibly seeing a lot of Morris. 
I'm not saying that he's going to start, but I think NC State might be thinking, oh, well, we can afford to take the chance to start MJ Morris in this game or at least play him a good amount because we're playing Virginia Tech. He's one of the worst teams in the ACC. I think you've got to be ready to stack the box against them, whoever their quarterback is. is. Uh, Because it's either going to be an undersized FCS-level probably quarterback or it's going to be a freshman. Do we know if he went through spring practice? More sure off the top. I don't of know my if head. he was an early enrollee. I would say probably. Some, somebody in the YouTube chat or Jake looked that up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think the main thing for Virginia Tech this week is to stop the running game. Mm-hmm. And if you can put them in third and eight situations with either Jack Chambers or a freshman quarterback, then. I just think your chances of winning go up exponentially. But if if you let them live on third and twos, then, you know, Chambers, even if he well. can't pass, you know, he's a good runner yeah. and he can pick up those yards. More to get to on the NC State offense. I want to throw it over to Jake for him to confirm that early enrollee thing and also for his first segment. I believe he was not an early enrollee. It says okay. he was able to take in the spring game, so I believe he was just there as, as a spectator. Oh. So he oh. was. Not Are they actually putting that in bios these days? I, I it was an article. Oh, it was they an said article. he'll be on okay. campus soon. Okay, and that was from May. Okay. So he was not not, uh, early not an early enrollee. So uh, it is time for stat time. Part most of this is from uh, David Cunningham, our great managing editor, who put this out on Twitter yesterday, but. Also, a little from Scott Glasner, and we have our new fancy graphics here. Hold it up a oh, little wow, bit. Oh, wow, we have a new font? Yes, wow. and not handwritten anymore. Uh, Nick Brown's original graphics have been done away with. Uh, Man, I must have worked five minutes on this. <laughs> well, so David put out on Twitter last night uh, that Virginia Tech, since 1892, when the program was founded, has only lost every game in October six times. Uh, currently 0-3 in the month of October. First one was in 1893. Oh, yeah. Uh, remember it just like it was yesterday. And then we all remember the terrible post-World War II years, uh, oh 1948 through 1952. Well. Virginia Tech did not win. Four years in a row. Five years in a row. Five. Did not win a, year, a game in October. 23 consecutive October games. Uh, By the way, can I interrupt here and say that that is perceived as one of the reasons Virginia Tech is not in the ACC. That's correct. Really? Was that they were they were busy de-emphasizing sports mm-hmm. right around the time the ACC was formed. Yep. And that's why they were so terrible. Yep. Post-World War II, Virginia Tech said, yeah, we're, we're, we're just going to be a military school. We're, we're not going to emphasize football or athletics at all. And then the ACC was like, hey, we're forming. Oh, but Virginia Tech doesn't want to play major stink. sports. You're not getting in. So there, there's they, also so they had to a, wait 50 years. But there's also, um, and I don't know my history on this. Some of the schools in the in the big huge, I think it was called the Southern Conference, mm-hmm. believed in playing in bowl games. Others didn't. So I think that may have also been a factor. But the truth is, Tech stunk at that point in time. <laughs> yes, they did. Well, they they have not lost every game in October since 1952, but have gone winless in October. That was in 1992. 0-3-1, and, and that tie came against NC State. Uh, oh, my gosh. A lot of NC State the random thir- history right now. This is the 30-year anniversary of the 1992 season, mm-hmm. and I can't think of a better way to celebrate it than being as worse winning as they two were, games again, right? Bad. It is and, also and, the last time Virginia Tech had a five-game losing streak, right? which could happen right. on that was And that was the last five games of the season of 1992. I think it would have been an eight-game losing streak if not for that tie. It's kind of right in the middle. Yeah, and, and I or actually remember that maybe. day. I, I took the GMATs that day, um, which are scaled on a scale of 800. It was the most you can get. On, I don't know what they're doing now, but that's what they were doing back then. So I took the GMATs on one side of campus here at Tech, destroyed them, got a 740, which is pretty darn good. Ran across campus, got there just in time for the game. 
And it wasn't that NC State kicked a field goal to tie it as time expired. It was that it was a wounded duck. I can't remember if it was tipped or not, but it was just going sideways. And I believe it even hit the crossbar and bounced over. And State was ranked. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a big win for Tech. And, right. and, it's, and they had him, and NC State just dribbles that field goal over as time expires to tie it. And we're all just standing there going, eh, all right, let's go home. <laughs> I can't imagine watching ties. Obviously, this is me talking about my age. Like I've never, I've never seen a tie. I can't imagine that. I'm a soccer being a fan. I see I would, them all the time. Yeah, and I don't watch soccer. <laughs> South Carolina came in here one time, and I think it, I think it was my senior year in school, and they had a guy Todd Ellis that threw for 400 yards in Lane Stadium, and that wound up being a tie, if I remember correctly. Jake, look it up. Well, quarterback, a big position to watch for NC State on Thursday. But running back, too, when healthy, they've got a decent one-two punch with Demi Sumo. I'm not going to say the back half of his last name because I don't know how to. Um, and Jordan Houston. Sumo's been injured. He didn't play in Syracuse, but after the bye week and some time to rest, you can expect him to probably play this week. And he's been pretty good. He has crazy speed and might just have a breakout day in this new formation if they're electing to go with the run game a lot more. Yeah, uh, Houston was a guy that Tech recruited a little bit out of high school. He went to high school in Northern Virginia, but he commuted every day. He was actually from Maryland. Can you imagine commuting from Maryland to Northern Virginia every, every day? day. No, to high I would hate that. I would yeah. hate that. But he did it. Uh, he's at NC State now. Got a lot of playing time as a true freshman, but I thought he looked really good. Hasn't as, a as true much freshman. the last two years. Uh, not the biggest guy in the world, but you know, uh, not a not a not a bad runner. But he's he's good coming out of the backfield too. He he can receive. Uh, Sumo Kambaye is what we'll call it. Um, Kongbaye. Yeah, Kongbaye. What's that? Sumo Karnbay. 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 Is yep. that how you pronounce it? Yep. Okay, you wow. did your homework better than we did. Uh, and I just wanted to say how really impressed I've been with him as a football player this year, even though I can't pronounce his name. Uh, but, yeah, he's a good runner, 5.8 yards per carry, 299 yards. He's the only NC State running back with a touchdown this year, or at least a rushing touchdown. Yeah, Houston, Houston, you know, and again, this is my uh, roster card window into the <laughs> world. Houston's uh, carried the ball 76 times, hadn't scored a touchdown. You don't see that very Bizarre. often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, you could potentially see a third NC State running back, but but most likely it'll be the vast, vast majority of these two guys. And uh, that's their best bet to win the football game. If, you know, they've got to be able to establish a run. If they can't run it on Tech, then they're going to be hard-pressed to score, and we're going to have one of those ugly <laughs> it's gonna be a rock ma ma fight. maybe 13-13 at the end of regulation again. Yeah. You know, something yeah. like that. So another another random stat I want to throw out there uh, – I believe, if if I remember this from the other day correctly, NC State has thrown 12 touchdown passes on the year. 11 different players have caught those 12 touchdown passes. One guy has two. That's uh, number five. Thayer Thomas. He's uh, a good player. Thomas. He's yeah. got two. And, a, a, excuse me, 10 other guys have one. You don't see that sort you of thing very that often. Very that often. is no. spreading the ball around. Yeah, absolutely. A big game or a bit yeah, a big game to stop the run. Hopefully we've been practicing that a lot more in practice recently, given the struggles at Pitt, because mm -hmm. this might turn into the same thing with Demi Sumo. I hope not. Um, getting into the other pieces of this offense, their wide receiver room was pretty hyped up going into this offseason. Obviously, they lost Emeka Mezzi to the NFL. He was a great receiver for them last year. Um, but no one has really stepped up in the absence of him except for Thayer Thomas, who has a place in some of the record books at NC State. I believe he has second all-time in, in receiving touchdowns behind only Torrey Holt, which is a name uh, oh, yeah. everybody will remember. He was a great player. Uh, he passed Jericho Cotri on the list earlier this year, which is, I think, one of the all-time name names in college football. Like I remember when he played when I was in 
high school and college. What was that all time name that you tweeted out last week? Oh, 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 the the Duke player. What was his name? Uh, Jake. It was wild. Look up my tweets from last week. Oh, it was crazy. Jake, <laughs> Jake look up everything for I, us. I can pod. confirm that uh, Tech did tie South Carolina in 1989. Wow. 89, okay, okay. not 86. Um, right. But yeah, the, it's like they have bodies at wide receiver, but outside of Thomas, it hasn't been an impressive group this yep. year. They did bring in Jer- Daryl Jones, the transfer from Maryland. And Chris, why should Tech fans know about <laughs> Daryl Jones? Jones? This is a guy who basically did nothing in his career at Maryland and then played tech in the bowl game and had four catches for, I think 111 yards scored two touchdowns, his entire career at Maryland, both came against Virginia tech in the, the bowl game. Bowl. So yeah. he sees Virginia tech on the schedule. He's like, yes. So like, if, it, play good. if anybody's going to have a big game against Virginia tech on Thursday, I guarantee you it'll be Daryl. I bet he's speaking up in, you know, the position meeting rooms this week. Like, well, actually when I was playing them last year, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But. I ran right over the pitcher's mound when I scored one of my touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> Uh, the freshman linebacker at Duke from London, England, memorable factor. <laughs> memorable factor. I just no words. Uh, yeah, you should, he's got uh, brothers and sisters with interesting names as well. His his dad's like a big time businessman, like billionaire type. Yeah. All right. Yep. Jake, can you verify what I said about eleven different guys catching those twelve touchdown passes? That's one of those. Jake, you were putting Jake to work today. You're like, man. did I dream that? His last time yeah, in the fourth chair, he that's is what the fourth chair is there for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Monsoor Delane obviously played his tail off last week against a couple receivers, and I hope that he's going to be tested more this week. But it's like we talked about earlier. I don't know how much NC State is going to utilize the passing game but he was listed as the number one cornerback this week so that's exciting yes he is and uh so he was basically the number one cornerback last week even though he didn't start the game now brown murray really struggled on the first possession i don't know if the plan was to bring in delane that early or not but the fact of the matter is they played him i believe 63 snaps and brian murray only played 13. 13 so he was the primary corner last week he just didn't start the game but the thing is, like, you need to get off to a good start in games. Like, yeah. if Tech had not given up a touchdown on that first drive, everything else being equal, they would have won the football game. Um, so I, I think it's important to get off to a good start. So uh, Delane deserves to start. I mean, we've got a big enough sample size right now for me to say that he's Virginia Tech's best cornerback with, with Dorian Strong out. And I'm really looking forward to getting Strong back whenever that is because I think when you get those two ba- guys back, that makes you a much better defense you don't have to worry about the areas outside the hash as much. Mm-hmm. I think you, you trust those guys in coverage, and then maybe you can do a few tweaks here and there to help out your safeties because you know you don't have to worry about your corners. Yeah. In the past, you know, there's been a lot of great Virginia Tech cornerbacks. You think about, you know, the duo of Jermaine Waller and Caleb Farley, and that was limited in the fact that, you know, one of them was always hurt. And I hope that's not the case <sighs> with Delane and Strong, and hopefully they're both able to play up to their potential together on the field at the same time for a couple of years. That two, 2019 duo was awesome. Like, uh, And the thing is, Waller was so good, but he doesn't get the credit because Farley was, like, totally dominant. Mm-hmm. But Waller was probably the third or fourth best corner in the country that he year. He was one of and the then, best cover corners in the country, and all anybody did was talk about Caleb Because, Farley. yeah, because he was, only, he was, he was the only the best. second best corner on his team, right? right? That's, but that's how good we were on the outside that year. Uh, Brian Mitchell, current NC State cornerbacks coach, mm-hmm. we'll did, a fan, did a fantastic job developing those players. Um, and so, yeah, I think, it, I think when you can have two really good corners on the outside like that, it really helps you from a schematic standpoint defensively, at least theoretically, it should. Um, I look back at 2019 and like those corners were dominant and it helped tech a lot. They just had a little bit better safety play. 
then like it would have been really difficult to complete a pass on Virginia and how Tech. How was the year. linebacker play in 2019? It was it was uh it was okay. It was above average. I mean, you had um, Tisdale Tis- was a key guy. T- yeah, Rayshard yeah, Ashby. Uh, Ray oh, Ashby. Yep. And uh, yeah, Tisdale was like splitting time with Dax at the backer spot. Yeah. Yeah. Was there something that we needed to uh, 12 different NC State players have caught a touchdown pass this year. That's crazy. Yeah. One, one of them's got two, and all the others have one. Correct. Right? Yeah. Want to get to the offensive line. They lost They lost a lot of key pieces on offense in the offseason, but the most impactful was Iki Aquanu, an offensive tackle that went first round to the Panthers. So this was a, a big year to see how the offensive line would really adjust in the absence with him. And this offensive line has been great so far. So this will be a big test for Tech. I, I think they've done fine. Um, I think their biggest issue was like they're, they don't have quality across the board at wide receiver. And, and, and you know, maybe they're giving the majority of the carries to Houston when it should be flipped. Yeah, um, and I think yeah. we I think we left this out. Houston's only averaging four yards a carry. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, but, you know, on the whole, I think their offensive line has been solid, particularly in uh, in pass protection. They'll play seven guys there. Um, they're, 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 they have the luxury of actually having a, a backup that, that Virginia Tech uh, recruited. Oh, my gosh, what, what was his name? Uh, he is not... Oh, yeah, there he is. Uh, Bryson Spees. Uh, Virginia Tech recruited him. I don't know if Tech, like, really pursued him hard because they weren't sure how big he was going to get. And, uh, you know, he started some for NC State. He's played both guard spots, both tackle spots. Right now he's currently second string, but he still plays, and he can play any one of those roles. And is he the one with, like, 800 career snaps? They've got a backup with 800 yeah. career snaps. No, no, he's, got, he's got, like, 1,900 career right. snaps. Right, an insane. Right. There's another guy with an insane number. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so they've got a number of guys on their offensive line that, that have played a lot of snaps in their careers, yeah. even though they did, they did lose a very good player. General offensive takeaways for the Wolfpack before we break. They've struggled to score more than 21 points against any team with a pulse, likely yeah. story. Um, and that was even with Devin Leary. So our defense could play well in this game. I, That's something to watch. I feel like with extra time to prepare, with a backup quarterback for NC State in there, whoever it might be, Right. I feel like there's not any excuses for not having a good game defensively this week. I feel like mm-hmm. the Virginia Tech – will play a pretty good defensive game this week, and they will be, have an opportunity to win the game in the fourth quarter. If they defend the run well, as you said earlier, I mean, it's game on. Anything could happen. Um, and, and we'll get into things like turnover margin and stuff like that later. Yep. Well, that'll wrap up the first half. But before we break, let's check back in with Jake in the fourth chair. All right. Well, you guys mentioned that this is the first time that Tech is going down to Raleigh since 2010. So I did a little digging on what was going on in the world on October 2nd, 2010, uh, the last time these two teams played. Uh, the number one song uh, was Just the Way You Are by Bruno Mars. Um, that song's that old? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The Social Network had just come out in theaters the day before. That's a good flick. I haven't seen it. Grant Wells had turned 10 years old a few months earlier. <laughs> oh my and, God. and had thrown for 2,500 yards for his Little League team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and something else, I found another little connection here. That game was also an unranked Virginia Tech team against the number 23 ranked NC State. Well, they're 23 so, in the coaches poll. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, a little connection there. Uh, and now we get to see Tech go down to Raleigh, what, once every four years? So hopefully right. we won't be having well, this segment. I've still never there. seen Tech play down there. <laughs> Me either. This will be my first yeah, time. And I'm I, so I kinda excited. Wish I, obviously, in hindsight, I wish I'd gone in, in 2010. Um, but, like, this year I'm like, we're not – we're just <laughs> – I kind of want to go now because I do think Tech has a ch- has an opportunity to win the football yeah. game. 
Three and uh, a half hour drive. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm going. It'll be Malcolm a great Whitten. atmosphere. I think the tailgating scene is going to be great. So, are you going to go to that Triangle Hockey Club tailgate? What are you going to do? I don't think so. My my family and I were invited to another tailgate that was nearby. I might, you know, walk over there. I'm sure I'm going to recognize a good amount of people from over there. But we're not eating at that. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, you got to pay if you want to eat. Yeah. And drink. I want to get my North Carolina barbecue at some point, though. Maybe we'll do that before the game. That's the main purpose of the whole trip. It actually is. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Um, But all right. That'll lead us into our break here on episode 266 of the Tech Sideline podcast. Sponsored by First. Presented by. Okay. (laughs) We'll get it right the next time. Presented by First Bank and Trust. Talked a lot about what this new version of the NC State offense is going to look like on Thursday. And on the other half, we'll take a look at the strength of this team, which is their veteran defense. Make sure you stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome you back into episode 266 of the Tech Sideline podcast presented by First Bank and Trust. As a reminder, if you're watching on YouTube, continue to drop any questions you have for Will and Chris in the comments, and we'll get to those at the end of the show. When talking about, okay, Will's wearing sunglasses now, and I'm caught off guard. You know what I've never done to you? I've never messed, I used to mess with Evan. Evan would sit over here, and I would like take the, the, uh, the gnomes and like go over in front of the camera while he was doing his read and, and it no. never messed him up. It never He's messed him pro. up. He'd go right through. Yep. Okay. If you're not guess, watching on YouTube, you need to be watching on YouTube to understand what's going on right now. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'll, I'll take them off. I just thought I'd see if I could rattle you. It's making me a better podcast host. I need, it. <laughs> I need to not flinch next time you do something like that. All right. Well, when talking about NC State in the preseason, it was this side of the ball that stood out the most. They've consistently gotten better on defense the past couple of years, and that's largely part due to the coaching changes. A specific, a specific, I can't talk. Now I'm, now I'm rattled. Um, <laughs> a specifically emotional game for NC State's defensive line coach and Charlie Wiles as he looks over to the opposing sideline and sees a team that he coached for 23 years. And he's going to see a few players that he recruited too, mm-hmm. like Norrell Pollard. Uh, Mario Kendricks. It was interesting. I was looking through the uh, photos from the COVID game in 2020, and uh, uh, that was his first game at NC State. Yeah, and, and really, oh, and I didn't think he had played Tech yet. It was a season there. opener, yeah. but I guess that one. Did, I mean, there was a thousand people in exactly. attendance, so it was yeah. different. But and, still. and so um, our photographers were not there. Of course, of course, they only allow one photographer on, maybe two photographers on the field. And so Matt Gentry of the Roanoke Times was doing acc pool photography and the very last photo is is charlie wiles like hugging a former player i, di- I didn't even mm-hmm. sorry i didn't look to see who it was but i was just like oh yeah he's does. he got such a great deal and i know he didn't feel probably didn't feel this way at the time yeah but at the at the time virginia tech was not offering great salaries for assistant coaches they are now but they weren't then so he went down to nc state 
Got a huge raise from like three fifty to five hundred or something like that, or something like that. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a substantial raise. Uh, he's got family in Raleigh, and it's a lot closer to the place he loves to go in the off season, which is the beach. Yeah, that guy's living the great life down there. Not to uh, mention, yeah, there's I mean, a lot of good like, D-line like, like, prospects that come out of that area. Exactly, the the Raleigh Durham area has more than doubled in population over the last thirty years, and mm. there's just a ton of prospects down there. And that's one of the reasons why both North Carolina and UNC are or good, or excuse me, North Carolina and NC State. State are both really good programs right now, is because the, like the talent level in that area of the state has just increased so much over the years. I, yeah. I mean, there's like eight or nine key players on NC State's defense that grew up within a, like an hour of NC State's campus. Yeah, we, so we need to do a study at some point in time. We need to start about 20 years ago and map out the number of four-star and five-star recruits from the state of Virginia versus North Carolina. And the state of Virginia used to, from a recruiting ranking standpoint, used to produce more talent than the state of North Carolina. But I think over the last 20 years, you've seen it do well, this. And that's also reflected in the number of NFL, NFL players. players. So in 2011, there were 50 NFL players from the state of North Carolina. And in 2021, there were 61. Yeah. And in the state of Virginia, it's done the opposite. Yep. And the, over that stretch, the state, uh, NFL players from Virginia has dropped. So the talent level has shifted, uh, you know, partially just due to demographics. There are so many areas of this state, particularly the area where I'm from, which used to produce people like David Wilson, yep. where, where, where the population has actually dropped because of the lack of jobs and things like that. So the next David Wilson, maybe because his parents had to leave Danville because they can't find a job anymore, but they moved to Raleigh. Next, yeah. David Wilson might play for NC State just because of shifting demographics, and I think yeah. that's been a, you know, I think they're well coached, but I, I think you know over time, I, I just think the the demographics shifts in this region have been to their benefit. Oh yeah, it was always sad to see Charlie Wiles go. You know, he was Bud's right hand man. Mm-hmm. His Twitter profile picture is still him and Bud with the lunch and pail and PKs. I mean, how much more Virginia Tech really, can you get? Uh, Charlie is a great guy too, like mm-hmm. one of the best guys you'll ever talk to. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him much when he was here because uh, we didn't have media access until 2012. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just really wasn't a post-game interview guy. But but I do remember one time being around him, and this is an obscure story. There was a, a defensive end recruit named Mike Brown out of, I think, Florida. Mm-hmm. And it was long enough ago that everybody was comparing everybody to Corey Moore. <laughs> right. And Brown was like that. He was, he, was, he was smaller and had a reputation for being a nut on the football field. <laughs> And he came to Tech, and he never made an impact, and he left. And I remember, uh, I think I told this story to Pearson Prelo one time, or, or Torian Gray. I said, so I asked Charlie about Mike Brown one time, and Charlie said, he just cinched up his belt, and he said, Mike was in Coach Beamer's office just a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was Torian Gray who told that story, too, and he busted out laughing. He said, that's Charlie. Yeah, that's that's. That's accurate. Uh, so, sorry yeah. to derail the podcast. No, that's for fine. That's fine. We're, we're saying this because we all like Charlie Wiles. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dave Doran not only brought in Charlie Wiles, but you mentioned it earlier, Chris, Brian Mitchell mm-hmm. as well, who's coaching their cornerbacks. I think it was a smart move by Doran to poach these guys, especially from a recruiting standpoint, because they were used to already, you know, recruiting a lot of guys from the state of North Carolina as Virginia exactly. Tech has recently. Exactly. And now NC State and UNC have ramped up their, you know, keeping guys home. And they really have, when you look at NC State's roster, especially defensively, it's just North Carolina guy to North Carolina guy. Fuente was under a lot of pressure to get better at in-state recruiting. So uh, when they made the schematic change after, you know, Bud Foster retired, uh, the only the only way to improve in-state recruiting is to 
you know, change coaches to a certain extent, right? So he had to shuffle in some assistance. So he basically took two out-of-state recruiters and, and Wiles and uh, and Mitchell. Mitchell and just <clears throat> didn't renew their contracts and replaced them with, you know, Daryl Tapp and Ryan Smith is an in-state focus. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, COVID hit three months later, and those guys could never go out on, on the road and recruit. Um, but, but, you know, Mitchell – was obviously used to recruiting in North Carolina with, with Caleb Farley and Wiles had been recruiting in North Carolina for Virginia Tech. So those were natural fits for NC State. And NC State needed improved coaching at the time too. And those guys are excellent coaches. And, you know, Doran retooled his whole defensive staff after the 2019 season when they went, they went uh, four, and, four eight. and eight. And and they haven't looked back that they've, uh, you know, he just he just made just a couple of coaching staff tweaks and they've become a much better program. And, and th- that was just great hires for him. I thought they were both great fits from a coaching standpoint and plus from the areas those guys are used to recruiting. I, I don't think you can uh, – well, and I think the one thing you could question is Charlie had coached in a Bud Foster scheme yes, and, for so long. And Char- Char- right. But he's doing well in a, a three-man line. Scheme. Yeah, yeah it, that plays a nose guard. Uh, so, like, Charlie has always been a really good coach, but, you know, the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But he had to learn how to coach in a new scheme in his 50s. That's hard, man. And But he's been able to do it. So I think right now, you know, you could look at Charlie and say, that guy's a complete football coach yeah. now, a complete defensive line coach. He's coached in two different style schemes um, for two different successful, with three different head coaches now. And, uh, and you know, now under two different defensive coordinators. I bet if you ask Charlie, though, he would say, you know what, most of us can coach any scheme if we've got good players and we've got good players. You know, the interesting thing is is you, you look at uh, some of the players that he's coaching now, like Savion Jackson, one of their starting defensive ends. Jackson visited Virginia Tech multiple times. Yeah. He ended up – now, he's from down there. He's from Clayton, right around, you know, the Raleigh area. That's where J.R. Walker's from. I was going right, to say right, J.R. Right. It's, 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 hard, it's hard to beat out UNC and NC State from players in their own backyard. Just like – it's hard for them to it would be hard for them to beat out Virginia Tech for a player from Roanoke. Problem right. is there are hardly any players from Roanoke and there's a bunch of players in from Raleigh. In, from Raleigh. Yeah. So uh Savion Jackson was recruited by Charlie to Virginia Tech. Uh ended up picking NC State over Tech in Alabama. And uh now Charlie he's being coached by Charlie Wiles. And I think if it was if it was just like if he made his decision based on pure what coach he wanted to play for the most, he would have picked Virginia Tech in the beginning. But mm-hmm. in the end, I mean, you're right there at Raleigh. Why go that far away when a place that can make you happy is right at home? Yeah. It's interesting how things work out. It kind of reminded me of like how Henry Coleman from Richmond, the guy that we recruited so heavily to play here at Virginia Tech, he goes to Duke and then he transfers to Texas A&M to be coached by Buzz who recruited him to Virginia. Yeah. Right. We're talking basketball. Talking basketball. Are, yeah. Yes, yep. switching to basketball. I think, you know, Charlie Wiles' family and Brian Mitchell's family really enjoyed being at Virginia Tech. I went to high school with both of their kids, mm-hmm. and they always loved going to Virginia Tech. So it was kind of weird to see the shift of when, you know, the social media posts changed to pictures yeah. from Carter Finley Stadium. Yeah, it's like kind of sad. That's yeah. Right. It really is. I, I still follow. Normally, I like don't follow like somebody when they leave like that, yeah. but I still follow Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it'll be interesting for him. You mentioned it earlier. We can go ahead and talk about, you know, Charlie Wiles' guys up front, obviously led by Savian Jackson. A couple other names there, Davin Van, who does a good job, 3.5 mm-hmm. tackles for a loss, two sacks, Corey Duran, and then Joshua Harris, who you said has a bright future. I think Harris does. Uh, bigger nose guard prospect. Um, 
he was a pretty highly touted uh, re- recruit out of the state of North Carolina. I think he was another one of those Raleigh area guys. Um, their defensive ends are, are good. Uh, you know, I talked about Savion Jackson, and I, th- I think Van is, is very good as well. And, you know, both of those guys have another year or two left. So, uh, and I think most of their most of their front six, you know, it looks like they return four starters for, for the next year. They have got some, they'll have some holes to fill in the secondary. It's going to be interesting to see those defensive ends. Uh, Davin Van is 6'2", 295, and Savion Jackson is 6'2", 290. Now, keep, keep in mind. I mean, that, I know it's a 3'4". It's not a 3'4", it's a 3'3'5". Three, 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 this is the old Rich Rod defense, basically. I, would, I don't know if you could call them a 3'3'5 three, three, stack defense. Um, but but it's a three three five defense. It's it's changed and adapted throughout the course. So will they of the years. put five guys on the line a lot? So. I mean, that could be multiple fronts, sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, Tony Gibson, who was Rich Rod's defensive coordinator, or not defensive coordinator, uh, he was a defensive backs coach yeah. at West Virginia. I believe he was at Michigan and the, and then Arizona. Um, he was hired as co-defensive coordinator at NC State, and then after that 2019 season, the the other co-defensive coordinator, I guess, got got pushed out. And he got pushed up, and nice. he has completely changed their fortunes as, mm. as far as their defensive performances. Well, he did his time. Yeah, you know, absolutely. He's a, he, I mean, he's a veteran, uh, just a veteran of lo- working under a lot of different coaches, and he knows that scheme at this point like, like the back of his hand. So I think, uh, and they've been able to you know do a job, good job recruiting to that scheme. So yeah, I mean, you look at their defensive ends. Their defensive ends are their defensive tackle size for. A program like Virginia Tech that that would run a four man line. Yeah. Brian Mitchell's group has proven to be pretty stout against the pass. A lot of experience there with four seniors and a redshirt sophomore, but the redshirt sophomore isn't messing around. Aiden White, who has three <laughs> interceptions on the year, he's been a good player for them. Uh, I think their nickelback Tyler Baker Williams has been a very good player for them. Overall, they've got a lot of experience back there. They've got they've they've got, they've got a couple of redshirt seniors, a couple of true seniors, and and, and then a Graduates. sophomore. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, so. Uh, I think, uh, look, it's not easy for Tech to throw the ball on anybody, right? Anybody not named Wofford at this point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this is I mean, this is going to be a challenging defense. Uh, yeah. I, I think Peyton Wilson at linebacker, it's kind of hard to say because he was such a talented recruit. And, you know, Virginia Tech basically, I think, finished second for him to NC yeah. State, yeah. maybe yep. second, second or third, something like that. Um, yeah, Peyton Wilson led the conference in tackles a couple of years ago. I did. know last year he had a season-ending injury at some point in the it, year, and then Drake Thomas really stepped up in that role, who's been really good this year, too. Who also Virginia Tech recruited heavily, yeah. who's also from the Raleigh area. Um, so Tough. those the, that program, they're doing a great job keeping keeping – their players at home, and if they keep doing that, they're going to stay good because there's a lot of talent in that area. Um, but yeah, Peyton Wilson's—he's been an inconsistent player in his career, partly because of a couple of injuries. I mean, I think he tore his ACL even when he was in high school. Uh, and, and I can't the, believe he's a redshirt junior. Is he he's really been there already? that long? Yeah. That's, that's so, always, yeah, you'll, you'll look at some of his stat lines, and and they'll be very impressive. But like, he's not a consistent across the board player. Like uh, he he will make some mistakes and get burned sometimes. So if you can take it, maybe take advantage of anybody on defense, it's probably him. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he's probably one of the guys who's most likely to make generate a big play on, on their defense. Mm-hmm. He's that type of player, and uh, I, I think Drake Thomas is good. I think Isaiah Moore is good. Isaiah Moore is from Richmond. And LC he, Bird, I guess he played right. with Jaden Payute. Yeah, I guess, and he would have been like their top linebacker right after Rayshard Ashby was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, Correct. one and of these guys is still now, playing college now, ball, now, and one is not. No, yeah. no, no, no. We did evaluate Isaiah Moore when Bud was a defensive coordinator, and we chose not to offer him. 
Yeah. And uh, and NC State was his only Power Five offer. So NC State's defense is made up of like four four star guys that everybody wanted, like Peyton Wilson and Savion Jackson. But it's also made up of guys like Isaiah Moore that nobody wanted. And and Virginia Tech can be that program too. Get guys in here, Mm -hmm. develop them. We've got to make sure we don't miss the Isaiah Moores. I know, right? Right. Dave Doran mentioned Isaiah Moore as the alpha of the football team. So he's, he's obviously grown into a really um, influential role there. That group of linebackers is a trio that everyone would want on their team. So yeah. they're going to be pretty lethal. It's a good group, Thursday. and they, they've all got a ton of experience. Too. Yeah. I just mentioned Jaden Pate, and I'm like, man, if he could have stayed healthy, we could have really used him right now. <laughs> yes, yes, we, we could have used wide receiver to stretch the field. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where, where does NC State's defense rank? You looked up their FEI rankings, right? Is it 13th? I think it's 13th. Country? Yeah, something like and that. And that's an efficiency metric. Yeah, yeah that's a, an efficiency metric. But metric. basically, you know, they're either the first or second best defense Tech has faced this year. From an FEI metric perspective, they're mm-hmm. they're better than they're slightly better than the Pitt defense, uh, which is ironic considering the Tech Tech's best offensive performance came against Pitt, who to yeah. date has been the best defense they've they faced. So, so you know, maybe there's something to that. But in in reality, in practice, I, I actually think they're. I think Pitt's maybe better in some spots. Like they've got an All American defensive tackle. Of See, course, that was the big surprise uh, was that defensive tackle for Pitt did not have a great right. Game. Didn't have a great day. Uh, I, I think NC State's maybe better across the board. Than, than Pitt. They don't have like one awesome standout like, right. like Pitt does. Their safety but, play, I wasn't even going to mention it because I don't think it's incredible there. It's not incredible, but it's solid across the board. Yeah. There's like not, you, you you don't look at it and say, oh man, yeah, we've got the personnel to attack that because um, we haven't been able to do that really all year. Um, so, so let me ask you a question, and this is this is kind of just for fun. Go ahead. I was going to say they're more like the Miami defense, except more consistent than the Miami <laughs> defense. That's a fun thought. So maybe they'll blow the game in the fourth quarter and let up 14 points. That'll I doubt nice. it. <laughs> so I know you're not a football coach, but I, I just keep wanting, like, Tech has to stretch the field. I just keep wanting them to just put Cole Beck in down there at the end of the line. I understand he hasn't played football for years. You don't want him in there for 50 or 60 snaps. Mm-hmm. But what is stopping a two and five team from putting him way down there at the end of the line and just saying, run as fast as you can run and throwing it up to him. I don't know. Don't want to have any fun. <laughs> I mean, my, uh, what, everything I've heard is that he struggles to catch the football. Mm-hmm. So well, we you're had wasting- a bye week. So a little more practice time. Maybe <laughs> Look, we'll see him. If they do it fine. If they don't do it, I also don't care. I don't think it matters <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but, I just want to do something fun. Yeah. I'd rather run a jet sweep to the boundary with him personally. <laughs> If you really want to have fun. third and 11. (laughs) We'll see how creative this Virginia Tech offense can be after the bye week if they shake up some things at all. I know that Coach Pry mentioned that in the press conference, how they were kind of working on that. So adjustments will be interesting. Oh, man. So he went there, huh? He's he's like, he's like promising to look for something different. Got to change this vanilla offense somehow. Basically, he said earlier this week, he basically said, uh, we've been trying to be a two tight end, smash him in the face, and we learned that that couldn't work. It's kind of what he said, uh, you know, uh, earlier this week. So, and you saw a few changes they did against Miami. Like they actually ran a read option and optioned the defensive tackle on the first play of the game, and it worked for a 16-yard game. We hadn't been doing any of that all year. Um, We have to be doing more of that stuff. We have to. I mean, people make fun of the smoke and mirrors offense, but like Virginia Tech, we can't be Penn State and just line up and smack people or Wisconsin. That's not who we are. And quite frankly, it takes. It would take years to build that up, and nobody has that kind of patience these days. And I just don't think that would work for Virginia Tech because I don't think there's enough good offensive linemen in this state for that to work. I, I just, so, I, I so think, 
one of the most interesting storylines in Virginia Tech football is what's going to happen with the offense long term. Right, right, right. So, like, and I'm not saying I want Brad Cornelson back as offensive coordinator, but we have to have that type of approach. Like, we have to have a more cerebral approach to offensive football than we've had so far this year. Get guys out of position, create mismatches and exploit them, you know, what every other offense does. There's a reason you see Dax Hollyfield covering guys 20 and 30 yards downfield because the opposing offensive coordinator has created that mismatch. Right. You know, and that's not to disparage uh, uh, Dax. His coverage grades are actually halfway decent. Dodge is not a guy that can cover 30 yards downfield. Well, whenever... It's, they've been perfect throws, too. Yes. I mean, absolute perfect throws. So I don't think that Dax had, he hadn't done much wrong this year. Yeah. Quick note on special teams. Not something the Wolfpack has had to worry about at all this year since their kicker is 100% accurate. 14 of 14 <laughs> on the year. I mean, last week against and, Syracuse, they had three field goals. So I yes. guess that's something you don't have to worry about when you see your kicker walk up there. You know what's going in. I believe he's their all-time leading scorer. I think that's what you wrote in the preview. Yeah, yeah. And, and he can make them. I think it's the longest this year is from like 53 yards. So if the game comes down te- to a field goal, then te- tech they're in is, good shape. Well, you know, Tech has done well with their field goals this year. We've only missed one, uh, I believe. One, I think. Uh, pit, but yeah. but we've also had some shaky snapping. So this guy is a, a career starter, Christopher Dunn is. I think he's fifth or sixth year. And it's been a great career. So if it comes down to a game of field goals, then yes, you have to. You He's have to a mid-season All-American, right? I would think so. I think, Four, I think you don't get that. better in 14 or 14. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. It's like me being a Ravens fan with Justin Tucker. Life is good in the <laughs> game. A uh, couple more things to get to ahead of the game on Saturday, but let's throw it over to Jake in the fourth chair. Well, you guys were talking about trying to mix things up off a of bye week, and a lot thing, a lot of times uh, a lot can be made about how coaches perform with a little bit of extra time to prepare. Uh, Katie just mentioned her Ravens. I'll mention my Titans. On Sunday, Mike Vrabel went to 5-0 and as the Titans head coach coming off a of bye, outscoring opponents by 18 points per game. So I saw that Oof. stat. And I wanted to see wow. how Tech has done recently off a of bye week. And yep. I was I don't think it's you, you were less right? than impressed. I, <laughs> I honestly, just off the top of my head, I thought it was going to be pretty good. Uh, I remember <laughs> Justin Fuente's tenure was not good after a bye week. Virginia Tech correct. has lost their last six games yep. coming off of a bye. Mm-hmm. Um, have not won since uh, we mentioned on the last podcast, I believe, the 59-7 to win over North Carolina in 2017. That was the last win off a of bye. It's sad because we didn't even need a bye week to beat them by 52. They were so bad at the time. <laughs> was that 45-10 to Duke win? Was that after a bye week? So, I yes. have I have written down yeah. well yeah. Duke won. Oh, Duke won. Yeah, yeah. I have written down three of the six losses that have come off a of bye week. That is one of them. 45 10 mm-hmm. loss to Duke. Ugh. The Georgia Tech Thursday night uh <laughs> blowout in 2018 mm-hmm. uh, was also after a bye. And the ODU loss 49 35, the first one. Uh, oh, was it was really? also off a of bye. Well, okay, okay. That wasn't a like well, it it was kind of a bye. Tech played Friday. And then played the following. No, he, no, he's talking about the ODU game in, in 2018. 2018. 2018. It was not supposed to be a bye the yes, week before because the, the East Carolina yes, game got canceled. Right. So Tech didn't find out that that game was canceled until midweek. Too late so to do anything. Too late to like really turn the bye week into a real bye so week. So we'll scratch that one off the list. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> now, did you read my Q&A on Friday? I did. I don't and remember. There was what... one whole question covering the, the last five bye games at Virginia Tech. Huh. Yeah. So you, you did read it, but not closely. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> when I turned 40, my, my brain quit retaining stuff. You know, the funny thing is, like, text, a lot of the recent uh, bye week losses, 
we've actually prepared for them really well. Like one of them was the loss to Notre Dame in South Bend in 2019, where we basically used our third string quarterback and almost won. We were very well prepared for that game. Another one was Notre Dame last season. Almost won the game against a top 10 team. We were very well prepared for, for that game. Um, uh, I even oh Clemson was another one in 2020 yes. where we came in with a great game plan and then him the hooker forgot it on the first drive of the game and got benched as a result. Yeah. So was uh, it the Clemson game that he had the hand thing? It, uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That well, that, that was that was I mean, yeah, but but he got benched in the first quarter because if you remember, Tech's game plan was to run the play clock down to three seconds every time to limit. Clemson on offense, and he goes out there on the first drives and snaps it with like 20 seconds. 15 and 20 seconds. Yeah, exactly. So he forgot the game plan from the very opening drive, and they took him out of the game. And uh, even then, it was like a seven-point game late in the third quarter. And remember, they had to bring in uh, Knox Kadem, too, because uh, Burmeister, Burmeister got hurt. Got hurt. Um, so, so Tech was very well prepared for that football game, with the exception of Hooker, who I don't think – he didn't have his mind in the game anymore at that point at Virginia Tech. And I don't want to start that conversation. <laughs> no. but, but That's a separate podcast. But, 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 but point like being, say. Tech's like most recent performances after a bye, it's, it's, sometimes it's about who you play, too, and what players you have available. And like no question in my mind that if Hooker had been available for that 2019 Notre Dame game, Tech would have won that game by a couple of scores. They were extremely well prepared. But, yes, you're right. Recent – Results, the final scores have not been good after a bye week. Well, new new coach, and may, maybe Brent Price got some stuff up his sleeve for Thursday night. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, <laughs> I in, really hope so. Yeah, I, I would really do anything for us to win this game. I mean, that would be such a momentum shift in the season. Going into the back half with – it's a little bit easier, but – Nothing's we easy this year. We thought it was for going to be team. easier. We thought Wofford actually... would be a blowout, and it wasn't. Didn't so. know Duke was going to be. Here's good. the thing: we, we thought it was going right. to be easier, but like because we were playing like West Virginia earlier, because we're like, oh, Liberty. Well, guess what? Now Duke is probably a better football team than West Virginia. Duke and... might be ranked two. We said there was a chance that Liberty is going to be ranked. Duke might be. Who, ranked who does two. Duke play this week? And I don't week? know. Okay. I'm not sure either. Jake. But... For sure. For sure. Duke. Yes, Duke football schedule. Uh, Duke plays Jacksonville. Sorry, that's their men's basketball. Uh, I was like, going to say what? <laughs> I, don't, I should have assumed that if I look up Duke, they got promoted. They, they got promoted first. to the AFC. Uh, they are on a bye this week. Oh, okay. they play Boston College. All right. Okay. Oh, well, that's a win. Where they're not going to lose a game a on a Friday win. night. They did just lose to Georgia Tech a couple weeks. Yeah, ago, and then they so. beat Miami by twenty-four. And Miami had eight turnovers. What a clown! Miami's program is never going to recover from a Duke player breaking the U on his knee in Hard Rock Stadium. Oh, that's that's awesome! That is. If you haven't seen that video, Duke with attitude. Oh yeah, yeah. they they actually. We were having this conversation before the podcast about people watching sports and saying, "Oh, I could do that." That (laughs) that that major league hitter just did, or that division one defensive back just did, or whatever. And most of the time, people who say that probably never played sports before they don't know anything what it's like now a duke defensive back did do something on saturday that i could have done there was an interception in that game where there was literally not a miami receiver anywhere in the screen it was that bad like there's just a duke player just standing there and the miami quarterback just kind of floated it to him and it's like that scene in the movie The Water Boy, which is Brent Price's favorite football movie, movie where, 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 where Bobby Boucher just throws the ball to the defensive lineman just so he could tackle him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, it was, and then he's the, the, the guy's like, thank you. 
<laughs> and and that's what happened to the Duke player. Like he just they just handed him the ball basically, and he ran it in for a touchdown. I could have probably done that. <laughs> was that the same one where he, where he broke the U on his knee? I, same I, I don't remember don't if that know. was the same one or not. There were a lot of plays where Duke players had the opportunity to do that. Mm. What a time to be alive! Duke <laughs> dancing in the locker room at Hard Rock after beating Miami convincingly. So, so, Jake, did you have anything else? Because we kind of railroaded. Yeah, the... sorry about that. Jake. No, that is it. Okay. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, getting into game picks, Virginia Tech has now lost four straight games. Hard to believe. We said earlier in the year that there, you know, this could happen given that gauntlet of an October schedule, and it has proven to be very hard. Uh, five straight losses is a factor. You know, Wolf Wolfpack favored by thirteen and a half right now, and the environment is certainly going to be a challenge. That's something that. I don't really think this Virginia Tech team has been tested with this year. You know, UNC, that's not a hard environment to mm-hmm. play in. Pitt, you're in an NFL stadium that's not full. So ODU was really the toughest environment that they've played in thus far. That was half Tech fans. Right, exactly. And Carter Finley is going to be, you know, a lot more jazzed up than that. So did that play a role in you all's picks this week, just the in- environment that they're going to go into? Uh, it didn't, mm-hmm. because I, th- I think they'll be excited to play. Uh, like great don't get me wrong it's exciting to play in in lane stadium but not when half the crowd's emptied out by the fourth quarter right and uh i I think that they'll they'll go into an engaged crowd that is excited to have a ranked team you know uh, even though they've lost their starting quarterback and uh i think it'll be exciting for them to play in a new environment generally whenever tech gets to play in a new environment like you said it's somewhere where the home crowd isn't great mm-hmm. and i'm not saying carter finley's going to be lane stadium with inner sandman and all that but it's going to be good and it'll yeah, be yeah they're, they're good crowd. yeah 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 like like <clears throat> if, if this is the type of thing you sign up for as a football player um now tech has had some you know penalty issues on both sides of the ball but you know on offense as well so they're going to have to make sure they you know, get their cadences right and they limit their false starts and, and things like that. But I, I, it should not have an effect when you consider, like, that I don't think NC State's going to be playing a capable quarterback in this game. Like, I, I, just the fact that the game is 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 in Carter Finley, I guess it would be better to have him in lane, but, but I, I just don't think it matters in this case. I think Tech is capable if they – don't turn the football over and don't have penalties and they can manage the clock. I think they they'll have an opportunity to win the football game. Um, right. To be clear, none of us pick tech to win, <laughs> but we are talking about pathways to victory here. And so to build on what Chris said, um, you know, if these two teams go out there and play their regular game, then even with NC state's quarterback issues, I, I like their chances to score more than I like Tech. So Chris picked, for yeah. for example, NC State 20, Virginia Tech 10. If you want that not to happen in your Virginia Tech, then you need to get a turnover, a big turnover. You need to make a big special teams play. So the numbers I ran on that are, are unfortunately discouraging. Um, <laughs> so let me find that in the pre. So Virginia Tech is 126 in the nation out of 131 teams enforcing turnovers. So Tech doesn't force turnovers. Um, number 126 in punt returns and number 86 in kickoff returns. So the evidence, evidence is not there to indicate that um, that, that sort of thing is going to happen. Now it could, you know, Chambers, if he plays, could serve up a pick six to Monsoor Delane or something like that. So going back to that, uh, that Boston College game we we're talking about in 1998, part of the reason Tech won 17 nothing was they had an interception return for a touchdown. Um, so you, you need those kind of things to break Virginia Tech's way. Their performance so far this year says that's not likely. So my pick was, what did I pick? Uh, 24 to 13 NC State. 
I actually thought about picking it even lower, like something like yeah. 13 to 9 or something you like know, that. You know, I've done that sort of thing in the past, and the points always seem to be there. Right. You know, but somehow even, they get scored, even, even though it doesn't make sense. Even offenses suck. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Georgia Tech and Virginia played a 16 to 9 game the That's other true. night. That's true. That's true. So it can happen. Yeah, no, this is actually, it's a golden opportunity for Tech because it's possible they could get a backup quarterback two weeks in a row. Yeah. If Jeff Sims is still out. So I, don't, if, I looked up, you know, the status of him today because I was curious and I don't and there's know. There's nothing out it, there, right? It just says it's a foot slash ankle injury, right. which that's not good to that's, play that's on. That's not so good, especially. I wouldn't expect him, honestly. Considering, like, he's a mobile guy right you know so he he won't be as effective if he can't lose his legs so sneak away out of raleigh with a win and you come back to blacksburg and sims can't play then all of a sudden you're four and five and people are feeling better now then it's, you're playing duke <laughs> yeah we'll definitely <laughs> beat them right, right uh but then you gotta but, go to but you know it would be kind yeah. of fool's gold because you beat two straight backup quarterbacks yeah right That's but right, i will take fool's gold at this exactly. point exactly but as bad as the season's gone so far it would be nice to kind of end it on a high note hopefully if you can get a win or two or stack a couple wins. I mean, it, it's possible with the back end of the schedule. We'll see. Um, so everyone picked NC State. I just went and checked. The fans have NC State to win by 11-plus. Mm-hmm. Probably going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, current standings are Chris and David leading the way, 6-2 and two on their picks for the year. And the more op- optimistic one, Will, is 4-4. Four and four. Chris and David are 5-2, are and, and Will is 4-3. Four and, three. Oh, four and three. I did my math wrong. Okay. Um, and... And and I'm behind because I, I actually picked Tech to beat Miami and West yep. Virginia. One or two more plays, and I was almost right. And West Virginia, right? Um, yeah, but uh, what was it? You picked I, BC. I, I to picked win. BC to beat yeah, Tech. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, you would have hoped that we could have gotten one of those West Virginia or Miami, but just wasn't the case. I'm on a five game heater here. I picked the first two games of the season incorrectly. Now I've got five. In right. Row. Picking tech to lose is apparently the way to go. <laughs> it's apparently a, a good proposition. So we come out of these seasons like six and six and stuff like that, and this this year is going to be different. Uh, yeah. where we're we're all going to have winning records picked. Yeah. Now here, this is but this is a week though where like we could all be wrong this week. It would week. not surprise. It would me. not surprise me if I, Tech won because I, I just yeah. I don't think that their offense is going to be any good at NC State's offense is going to be any good at all with a backup quarterback. Yeah. Well, since this is our only podcast of the week, we'll switch it up and do ACC Power Rankings in the preview episode. So I'm going to go ahead and welcome David Cunningham to the set for that. All right, You're up, David. I completely forgot that I had to do this, so I have a fresh <laughs> set of eyes looking at it in real time. Indeed. Um, we can go ahead and start at the top. Clemson at one, Wake at two. Syracuse stays at three for both of you after the loss to Clemson, but what a game there. Oh, what a game. Uh I think uh, Syracuse had the game in the bag. They played not to lose in the second. Well, half. you've got you, of well, but they only you, you how many touches Sean Tucker, did Sean Tucker five have? Or six. Five. Yeah. No, no. Five. Listen, I've seen. I've seen. Uh, Why did they do that? I've this seen. Is, this I've is like Raheem Black. This, 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 yes. this is check with me stuff that I know Tech fans hate, but I'm telling them every school does it. You watch the uh, the Clemson Wake Forest game this year, and then you watch the Clemson Syracuse game, and the Clemson defense. Pr- only in the fourth quarter against Wake, but the whole game against uh, Syracuse, they manipulated the offense into calling what Clemson wanted them to call. Like, after Wake just torched the Clemson secondary for for three quarters, they kept both safeties back. And in your check with me call at the line of scrimmage, that means you check into a running play, right? And so Wake just started running it in the fourth quarter because – because uh, that's how that's Clemson, Clemson lined up. Showing, yeah. that, so that, that's what Clemson did the other day. They the, lined up. The they lined up though. and said, "Pass the ball on us." Yeah. Right. Right. And 
it probably wasn't enough time for Clawson to adjust because Clemson made the adjustment it late in, the, in that it game. Was in the they did it from Dino the Dino had plenty. He had, time the, he had to half adjust. time to do it because you looked at that in the, at and halftime you, and you're like, two you, carries. Did you see when he came out yesterday and spoke to the media? He yeah. basically apologized and was like, right, right. Like Sean right. Tucker should have gotten more touches. Right, right, right. So, yes, that, this, that was a, it was. I've seen the Clemson coaching staff kind of manipulate their way to two wins this year just based on how they align their defense, which is my issue with the whole check-with-me offenses throughout college football. Like, you can get the other team to call what you want them to call yeah. sometimes. It also helps when you have the most talent in the conference. It does. It's all, It's all, It's a lot easier when you have that. Yep. So Clemson squeaks by Syracuse. I could go on a tangent about this, but it looks like Clemson's going to get into the playoff, and I just simply don't <laughs> think that they should be there. Given the talent in college football right now, there's so many good teams, and there's only four spots. And Clemson's yeah. probably going to get one of them, and they're going to get smoked. It's certainly possible, um, like because they're not playing well. Like they they they're squeaking by everybody right yeah. now. You know they squeak by Wake, who was a well coached football team, extremely well coached. They squeak by Syracuse. They squeak NC by State was close. They squeak by Florida State. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think Clemson's better than they were last year. But yes, if you put them out there against Alabama or Georgia, then they're going to get hammered, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Or but, Michigan. Or Ohio State. Or Ohio State. Yeah. TCU's really. I don't good. know. I'm kind of interested to see how Clemson. Like, we haven't really, you know, those have been Clemson's biggest tests all year. Like, uh, no, and to the, to the and, and, and to, to be credit, fair, they've passed them all. They've passed the test. They're the only team that's beat three ranked teams, I want to say. Yeah. And Wake, Syracuse, and NC State. Yeah. So yeah. they have that. And to be fair, those are the three next best right, right. teams so, so, in the so ACC. So it's like, I don't think they're one of the or, best sorry, four teams when you consider all three of the, the top five. When, when we both have Carolina at four. When, yes. Like, if you're going to do a top 25 and. Some team actually beats three top twenty-five teams, which is more than anybody else has done. Then you have to give them credit for yeah. that, right? Yeah, so I don't absolutely. think they're one of the best four teams. Like if the playoffs started tomorrow, well, you they can they could get a fourth if South Carolina is still ranked at the end of the right, year. That's so true. they, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, I, I, I'm very interested. I'm, I kind of agree with you guys. Like Clemson hasn't gone out and steamrolled people mm-hmm. like no. they sh- they should have, but I don't know. I, well, I they think had, they had to bench their quarterback on Saturday too. That is going to be very interesting. And Dabo still says after the game that DJ's our guy. But how do you you know you yeah. lose confidence in a situation like that where you get benched for a true freshman who then goes and wins the game for you? But they only let him throw what twice, three yeah, times, something limited. like that. Yeah. So it. you guys have the same one through seven. So next at four, you've got the heels <laughs> leading the way for the coastal. You know if. It end, if the season ended right now, it would be Clemson and UNC in the ACC championship game. And that's a game to watch, too, for Clemson. Obviously, UNC has a really great offense. The Clemson-South Carolina game is in Death Valley, so I I would pick them to win since they haven't lost there in four years. But that could be a spot to trip up as well. Both of you have NC State at five, and then you've got the no- – the Knolls and mm-hmm. Duke rounding it out at seven. That's Duke back in the top half. Back to back weeks, we've had yes. the same. Top and here's seven. the thing: like NC no. State, for it's, me, NC State's it's not three straight weeks. We've had the same top seven. Yeah, exactly. And to me, <laughs> NC State's not going to stay number five yeah. by the end of the season without Devin Leary. No. Yeah, but, but NC State had a bye, so correct. You can't move them down until they lose. So hopefully, we get to move them down next well, week. Well, I moved UVA down last week. Did when you? They, when, when or After I mean, they had yeah. down when when they were or I don't know, yeah, it is what it is. You can do that to them though. That's okay. So the second half is where it's a little bit shifted around. Chris, you've got Louisville at eight. David has Miami at eight. Louisville played a pretty 
I don't know how to classify that game against Pitt, honestly, because it was 7-7 seven to seven in the fourth quarter. It was a terrible game. Oh, it was a horrible game. And then they kind of picked up steam in the fourth quarter. That's the thing, man. Well, they, they, they won a football game. That's yep. a... They're, almost every single ACC football game this year has just been, like, bad football, except for the ones that Clemson's been in. Yeah. Like, like when you just, like, take, like, a thousand-foot perspective, like, that Virginia-Georgia Tech game was horrible. Oh, it was a horrible game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've got... I ended up with Louisville eighth because, you know, the, do they have a winning record at this point? Are they no four and three? Are they four three. and four? Okay, um, I put them up there because well, I had to put them ahead of Pitt for me because they just beat Pitt, and it's right. a what, and they've got the the same record I believe, and or similar record, and it's a what have you done for me lately? So that's why I had them eighth and Pitt ninth. Miami, Miami is just. When you you lose, you have eight turnovers in a game. How do you have eight yeah. turnovers in a game? Yeah, I mean this is a Duke team yeah, that went. <laughs> this is a, a Duke team that went zero and eight in the ACC last year and lost their eight ACC games by like an average of thirty points. They were one of the worst teams in ACC history last season, and I know they're a good football team this year. But you know Miami beat them by like thirty or forty points last year, and this year they got smoked by them. So Miami spent all that money on coaches. And probably spent some good money on NIL on the transfer portal, too. And it's the same old Miami. You know, I, I do think it's telling, though, because, like, I did not watch I did not watch the game, um, not because it was on RSN. I just didn't feel like watching. I would have had to go to a bar to watch it. It wasn't available yeah. at my yeah, house. Yeah, but, but it's very interesting how, like, you know, Miami forces eight turnovers against – or Duke forces eight forces, right. in quotations, eight <laughs> turnovers against Duke. Virginia Tech, you know, we hadn't has, forced it, eight all year. Yeah, and, and and Virginia Tech didn't force any against Miami when they they played in Lane Stadium. So nope. I don't I guess Duke's defense. Maybe, maybe we're saving it for NC State good. and Georgia Tech. Hopefully, let's hope. So you both have UVA at eleven. They get a bump from both of you, even after that god awful performance well, in Atlanta bump. this past. They week. got a bump because it's so much. What have you done for me lately? And they won a football game. And the three teams I have below them, I've got George Tech below them because George Tech lost to them. Right. And then I've got Tech below them because we have fewer overall wins and we didn't yeah, play. That's and then what I did. I've I got BC Georgia. dead last because I'd, it's BC. I just dropped Georgia Tech below them. Right. Yep. So you both rounded out with BC at 14, and then Virginia Tech 12th for David and 13th for Chris. God. If you would have showed me, you know, these lists at the beginning of the year, I, w- I would have been shocked. I, being I think the biggest thing would have been like Syracuse Duke being at that seven. I, would have, I, yes. I, I don't think it would have surprised. I don't think no, none of this. I don't well, think any of Syracuse like the top three, 10. Syracuse at three surprises me too. The, the, those are yeah, the, but like, I don't think right. it surprised me more than Duke at at seven, yeah, I mean, I would have picked. Duke Considering last. Duke was probably like the worst team in the conference last year, and Duke, oh, well, they definitely were. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that Mike Elko wins ACC Coach of the Year. I mean, how it, can you not after yeah. the turnaround that they've had? Uh, we'll see how impressive. they finish. It's going to depend on like right now. I think they they would they would give it give it to the excuse me can't talk Dino Babers. That's who they would yeah, give he, he makes a good case as yeah. well. Yeah, It'd be one of those two. You know, uh, this is everybody always says don't like the. Around the the vibe around the reporters, every ACC media days don't pick Miami to win the Coastal Division yeah. because it's never going to happen. Because Please Miami don't. always does something. Miami, yeah. well, we see where Miami is right now. We I, both have my Miami. You have Miami tenth. I have Miami eighth. I just think Miami's were Miami's got a good coaching staff now. They've got proven coordinators, proven yeah. position coaches. I don't think any of their past coaches have been bad at all. 
No, I just, Miami. I, I just think that's where decent to good coaches go to ruin their careers these days. It's except now, except now they're paying them a lot more money. So then we have to, when they have to fire them, it's going to be a bigger buyout. It's the only difference. Yeah, I don't even want to get into how Texas A&M fans are feeling right now. I know that's SEC, but you talk about paying a coach a lot of money to not do what you're asking. And for. then have three players suspended for uh, for smoking up in the locker room right before the game on Saturday. Yeah, ever ever clearly everyone's mind is in the right place in College Station. Right? Yikes! I don't want to go on <laughs> what is it Texags and see their message boards right now. It's a dumpster <laughs> fire. Um, I know the podcast is running a little bit late, but Jake, is there any questions that we should get to? We have, we have no questions in there today. I'll do a little bonus stat time with Scott Glessner. Uh, he says that NC State has outscored their opponents 126 to 57 in the first half, uh, only 65 to 61 in the second half. So uh, NC State likes to get off to hot starts. Tech may have to slow them down a little bit early on if they want to stay in the game. Probably help them when they had Leary. Yeah, yeah. Um, thing is, you know, I, I just can't see. Uh, NC State under Jack Chambers just coming out to a smoke and hot start and getting up like fourteen nothing or something like that. Well, not now that Virginia Tech, assuming Virginia Tech plays the proper personnel defensively, which I think they will this week. Um, I mean they've got De- they got Delane in the starting lineup. No, no, now. I'm just saying that's if, good enough if, for if me. You, if you roll out like we obviously saw what happened to Virginia Tech defensively on that first series, right? Right, and. I think they've got that settled now. I think they'll be okay now. I think they know who their starters should be at every position now on the defensive side of the ball. I think they arguably should have known it one week earlier as far as Delane versus Breon Murray at one of the cornerback spots, but I think they know now. Well, and the fact that Murray came, or Delane came in on like the second or third series second. is telling. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, Jake. Game previews posted on techsideline.com as of today. Make sure you check that out and vote in the score poll. More preseason basketball content coming out this week. Is we, that something we, to look for? We, we, we were talking about that this morning, and we'll probably both do something next week. Yeah, I think Chris is going to have a column. I'm going to have kind of like a – I did it last year, and it turned out pretty well. Kind of pr- two days, one one day one half of the ACC, the other day the other half of the ACC, and just kind of – previewing, writing a little snippet on all the other teams that Tech's going to face this year, and I think he's going to have a column on the non-conference. Yeah, and where do potential quad one wins come from if, on the non-conference schedule? Yeah. And, you know, if there are any. So that'll be next week since okay. it's a short week. Right. But. Well, crossover season is upon us. I it guess is. the Georgia Tech recap will also be maybe Georgia Tech recap first half, second half will be basketball preview because they play the next day. That's right. Or is it that night? night? It'll be that, that, night. that night. Okay. Yeah. It's it it'd be that Monday and there's a double header. That's women at five, men at nine. So Is it nine? Yeah, I guess it oh is at nine. God. Which is very Get very ready for those nine PM men's basketball <sighs> games that, that we all love. <laughs> well, that was another great episode of the Tech Sideline Podcast. I want to thank everybody on set today. Will Stewart, founder and general manager of Tech Sideline. He's at Will Stewart TSL on Twitter, obviously not on set anymore. Um, Chris Coleman, lead analyst and columnist for Tech Sideline. He is at Chris Coleman. TSL on Twitter. David Cunningham popped on here super quick in the second half. He's at the real Decana on Twitter. Jay Gleiman in the fourth chair. A great last fourth chair appearance. Enjoyed his contributions and Jack Brezendine producing. Thank you, Jack. The Hookies take the field for game eight against NC State at 7.30 p.m. inside Carter-Finley Stadium on Thursday night. It'll be a great night for some football, 60 degrees at kickoff, and I hope to see a lot of Hokies there. If not, it'll be televised by ESPN, and we'll be back Monday to break it all down. I'm Katie Adams signing off from all of us here at Tech Sideline. Enjoy the game, Hokies fans, and enjoy your weekend.